For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Not a perfect uh, September for the Padres. We'll see if that can continue. Um, nothing is easy, even in the ninth inning, with the Giants bringing the tying run to the plate. But a double play ends it, and the Padres, who have uh, really played poorly, I think six and seventeen in their last twenty-three, coming in, find a way, overcome an early one-run deficit in the first, get home runs from Tatis and Soto. I thought Michael Walker was really good. He's been really good all season long. Nick Martinez was good. In relief, and the Padres survive and beat the Giants 7-3 here tonight. John Schaefer with you on the wrap-up show. Jim is in Philly, so I'll be with you here tonight. Our next wrap-up show, by the way, will be Sunday night. Please join us. We'll recap the series, and we'll get you ready for next week as well against the Phillies. But as you make your way in, whether it's live or on replay, you have to subscribe. It's the one rule of the wrap-up show. You have to subscribe. So if you're here live or on replay, please subscribe. Smash the like button for me. You can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. And thank you for the Super Chats. Seriously, really do appreciate the Super Chats. Great way to support the channel. Great way to interact with us here night in and night out. Um, I will get to the Supers as a one-man show here tonight. If you want to make sure I see your comment and get your comment and interact with it, please click the dollar sign below the chat box. We will get to all of the Super Chats here tonight. If you want to become a member, by the way, you can click the Join button down below. You'll get emojis and badges um, obviously what the Padres are playing for right now is not really 2023, right? When you think about it, when you look at where the Padres are in the standings, they're not in a position where they're anywhere near, you know, any level of contention, seven and a half games back, 26 to play 10 games under 500. We had made the argument as recently as yesterday, you could say that it could be beneficial to, to lose more than you win. In September, as counterintuitive as that is, but that's just because of, you know, maybe you want to see change within the organization. Um, maybe you want to see the Padres draft high in the 2024 draft. I get it. Who really cares? Um, but it's hard to complain about a win, especially the way they had been playing. I mean, they'd just been playing so terribly, um, including yesterday when they were just lifeless and listless. And Bob Melvin was asked about that post game. I was just listening. And he said, because of the way we played yesterday, it was important to get the early lead. And by the way, they didn't. Giants scored in the first inning. But the Padres immediately responded, Tatis, Soto, back-to-back. And the Padres would not look back, um, built a relatively large lead. And then again, it got dicey there in the ninth inning. They weren't going to use Josh Hader, who had pitched three consecutive days. Yeah, there was the off day for him yesterday. But they weren't going to pitch him four times in five days. They're just not prepared to do that because – they recognize that they're not going to jeopardize Josh Hader, and they also understand that there's no path here 
to the postseason. So they're not going to ramp it up for someone like Hader and they'll, you know, play it out with Scott Barlow there in the ninth inning. And fortunately for the Padres, I mean, can you imagine um, if something would have gone haywire there in the ninth inning? You can only imagine, but it didn't. And it got dicey. It got hairy, um, but they did win the game seven to three. So a victory over the Giants. Um, it's very impactful in the wild card race, not as much for San Diego, but for San Francisco. Giants lose, Diamondbacks win. Those teams are in a virtual tie, actually an identical tie at 70 and 65 for the final playoff spot in the National League. And then you have Cincinnati and Miami, and then five and a half games behind Miami, which is two games behind the final playoff spot, you have the San Diego Padres. So barring something spectacular, which we have not seen all year, September will be spent theorizing on what matters in the offseason, what the Padres should or should not do with their star players here in the month of September, and then what changes may or may not be coming once the season comes to an end. A couple of interesting things today. You have September call-ups. We had been talking about this. It's not as impactful as it has been in previous years, but you can only call two guys up. You can't have more than 28 players on your active roster, and – Essentially, for the Padres, what that, mean, what that meant was a third catcher in Brett Sullivan and activating a reliever off the IL in Tim Hill. So not a ton. Now, could you see more movement once the double-A season comes to an end or the triple-A season comes to an end for the final seven or 14 days of the 2023 regular season? Yeah, there's that possibility. Could you see, again, a player or two shut down? For the final couple weeks of the season, we talked to Kevin Acey today on San Diego Sports 760. He he theorized as much that that's at least a possibility um, that if this continues to trend in the direction in which it's trending, and if the Padres at some point here in September or the middle of September are officially eliminated from the postseason, maybe that provides you with an opportunity to not play Machado, right? And maybe put him on the IL to finish the season. Maybe the same thing with Bogarts. Again, I don't think Machado's going to like that. Um, I don't know what Bogarts is going to think about it. You're not going to do it when you're not officially eliminated. I mean, there's still 26 games. I mean, that's a ton of games, right? You still have, what is that, um, you know, 15, 17% of your season remaining. So there's not two games left. There's 26 games left. So, you know, we're not at a point where you're shutting down Manny Machado. We're not at the point where you're shutting down Xander Bogarts. We may already be at the point where Joe Musgrove and you Darvish have been shut down despite what they're saying publicly uh, to the media about their desires to return. They're not returning if the Padres remain in the neighborhood of six, eight, 10 games under 500. If they somehow rallied off six, seven, eight, nine consecutive wins, something they haven't done all year or a broken record. We've talked about this repeatedly. If they somehow are able to do something like that, okay, it's a different conversation, but they haven't done it all year. And now there's just 26 games remaining and they still haven't won four games in a row. And they still can't do that for another couple of days. They would need wins, you know, in the final two games, this giant series, and then a win in game one against the Phillies. So we're not holding our breath, obviously, at this point, that the Padres are going to win six, seven, eight in a row if they haven't won four in a row. And the other thing, and I don't even know if it makes it more difficult or not for the Padres in terms of, you know, just dreaming of a four game winning streak. We're not talking about getting to the postseason, but even if you want to just let yourself go and think about a four game winning streak, I mean, are we asking for that much or a, six of seven streak are we asking for that much the part of it that makes it tough is who you're playing and i know what you're going to say well they're not good against bad teams fair 
but they're not overly good against good teams either. And you've got San Francisco the next couple of days, okay, at home. Phillies have played well. You'll get them here for three, beginning on Labor Day. That'll be a, a late afternoon start, I want to say. Um, you go to Houston, you go to Dodger Stadium. So this isn't easy. I mean, even if you think, well, they're just at some point it's inevitable. At some point they're going to win four in a row, even if it doesn't matter. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not selling some idea that they're going to win four in a row and then all of a sudden they're going to get back in it. I'm just saying for those that think, well, at some point they're going to win four in a row. I mean, maybe, but this schedule coming up, these Giants, Phillies, Astros, Dodgers series, that's not an easy run of you know 10 consecutive games or whatever it is now you close to something that's manageable and maybe they find some success oakland colorado st louis at san francisco at the white Sox. i mean maybe we'll see i'm not again i'm not counting my chickens here all right murray it is great to have you here it is um and thank you for your support of this channel if you are here subscribe if you are here thank you for the super chats really do appreciate it if you're here on replay i suspect we'll have a lot of people here on replay since it's a friday night at 10 p.m. If you're here on replays, thank you for the super thanks and for your support of this channel throughout the course of the season. Despite the way the season has gone for the Padres, I really would appreciate uh, smashing the like button if you wouldn't mind and a subscription. Just subscribe. It doesn't cost you a penny. Just subscribe if you are here. Uh, Murray, thank you for the super chat. He says, hey, John, good to see the show again. Needed more time than I thought. Why couldn't Martinez finish this game? He only threw 17 pitches. Murray, it's great to have you here, um, you know, thinking about you. And your family, um, you know, it's interesting. We've had these conversations a lot about bullpen usage this year. We've had these identical conversations. Um, you know, when I pull up the box score here today, I know this was discussed a little bit on social media as well. Yeah, I mean, two innings, one hit, two strikeouts, 17 pitches. Could he have started the ninth inning? Absolutely. They may be thinking in that ninth inning, hey, it's a five-run game. Do we need him? To start the ninth inning, I think one of the reasons why you wouldn't pitch Martinez for a third inning is now he'd be down for how long? I mean, he wouldn't bounce back tomorrow if he pitched the third inning. You know, depending on the length of that ninth inning appearance for Martinez here tonight, let's say that was a, you know, 18-pitch inning, which isn't crazy. Very possible. And then he's throwing 35 pitches. Now he's probably down for two days. So you're not going to pitch him Saturday or Sunday. They're probably thinking, you know, how can we keep everyone fresh? And, yeah, we don't have Josh Hader, but we have a five-run lead. And most any reliever should be able to hold a five-run lead. Now, it was Harry with Scott Barlow on the mound in the ninth inning. Run scored, hit by pitch, there were hits, right? I mean, this, you know, tying run was at the plate in a 7-3 game. So your point is very valid, valid, especially with the benefit of hindsight. I would say this. If this game had any level of value or importance – they wouldn't have treated it the way they did probably there for the final three innings. Yeah, Waka, we threw a lot of pitches, didn't he? How many pitches did he throw? 108 pitches, a lot of pitches for Michael Waka. He goes six innings. I thought he was good. He allowed just two runs, walked a couple of batters. But, you know, against, you know, that lineup, I think they stacked a ton of lefties in their lineup. He's 11-2 and two with a 2.85. Like, can you ask for more than that for Michael Waka? Really good signing. Really good signing in a really bad year. For the Padres, it will be interesting to see if he is back, by the way, in 2024. But, you know, Waka did his part. Martinez did his part. Offense did their part. It's 7-2 in the ninth inning. And again, if you're if you're 16 games over 500, when the tying run gets in the on-deck circle, the closer's coming into the game, even if he's pitched three of the last four days. Josh Hader's coming into that game if you're 15 games over 500. 
and two games out of first place in the NL West. Or if you're 15 games over 500 and you're vying for the first wild card, not the second wild card. But they're not. In fact, they were at a low watermark of 11 games under 500. And their actions speak to the way they're treating these games, right? I mean, it's as simple as that. Would they prefer to win than lose? Of course they would. These are professional athletes, and this is a Major League Baseball team. They're not going to go into games trying to, to lose, despite my tank for Tua type discussion the last you know handful of days, that they're not going into games trying to lose. You have Blake Snell vying for a Cy Young. You have Michael Walker, who's in the midst of a really good year. Um, you know, you're not going into games trying to lose. With that being said, their actions aren't exactly screaming, we're doing everything in our power to win. If this didn't work out here tonight, this would not have been the end of the world based on the way they treated this game, right? Because of what, you know, if you lose a 7 2 lead with Josh Hader on the match, I say, wow, we, we put our, you know, our, a team out there with her bullpen and we couldn't hold a five run lead. Well, th that wasn't the case here today. They were trying to manage a game. They're trying to get through a game. They were trying to win a game. Um, but would it have ended the world if the Padres didn't win here today based on the way they treated this game? No, probably not. Um, would they have preferred to win than lose? Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be the same case when they play tomorrow against the Giants. And I want to say that tomorrow is Blake Snell and it is with his 2.6. You know, Michael Walk has had a, comparable season to Blake Snell other than missing more time. But Snell's got a 2.6 and Walker's got a 2.85. It's a nice little combination in your rotation. And you, you, you that rhymed, by the way. Um, and you hear something like that. Walker and Snell, both sub-3 ERA, 63 and 73. It, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Again, Walker's missed time. Um, and Snell's been really good, but his overall record, you know, is just eleven and nine for whatever that's worth. So that'll be game three. That'll be Saturday at um, five forty. Murray, thank you again for the super guys. If you're here, please subscribe. You're on content for Padres fans. If you wouldn't mind smashing the like button, thank you guys for the supers. Just click the dollar sign below the chat box as well. Thank you for the super. Thanks if you are here on replay. Um, mention the first inning. It's when the Padres did you know, a good chunk of their damage. I thought Tatis played really well tonight. The homer, he later doubled two for five, a couple of RBIs in the game. Soto homered, Machado hit. Kim was one for five. You know, Luis Camposano hits. He's hitting 311. And Bob Melvin was asked about this post game, like, hey, here's another multi-hit game for Luis Camposano. Um, just discussing the opportunities that have been presented to him the year he's had. I mean, it's somewhat sneakily, like somewhat sneakily, Luis Campisano has an 856 OPS. Like that's productivity, especially for a catcher. And then you have Gary Sanchez with his high home run total. Um, so Campisano moving forward is something to really keep an eye on for the Padres organization. That's something really to keep an eye on. By the way, multi-hit game as well for Trent Grisham in this one. Uh, the home runs from Tatis is 21st. The home run from Soto, his 26th, with those coming back-to-back -back in the first inning. Basically, what the Padres needed tonight, I mean, they scored three first-inning runs. They had four runs in the first two innings. They had six runs in the first three innings. It was a little bit of um, an about-face or a payback from what we saw yesterday with the Giants scoring six early runs in the third inning on five hits and a couple of errors. And then, you know, Padres didn't threaten in that game. The Giants actually did threaten a bit there in the ninth inning by bringing the tying run to the plate after scoring a run to make it 7-3 and loading the bases with only one out. So 
Again, it wasn't easy. It wasn't on cruise control, but in the end, it's a four-run win for the Padres, um, again, by a score of seven to three. But, you know, what, what do you take away from something like this? You take away that, you know, as bad as they've been, who knows what happens in the month of September. As bad as they've been in August, I don't know what to expect in September. Again, I don't think they go full tank mode. I really don't. But I think once they're officially eliminated from playoff contention, it will be interesting to see what happens with players like Machado and Bogarts and potentially others. You know, we'd have to consider who we're talking about. You know, how often would Josh Hader pitch if the team is officially eliminated from playoff contention? Would you skip a Michael Waka potentially at some point in September once the, you know, once you're officially eliminated? I don't think you're doing anything with Blake Snell. I don't think Blake Snell's getting skipped trying to you know, run down his second Cy Young, his first in the National League, you know, that that would surprise me. But um, we'll see about Waka, well over 100 innings at this point, and there's still a month to go. So we'll see if they, you know, try to protect him a little bit, potentially in the final couple of weeks um, of the season. But again, Padres win it here tonight, 7-3 over the Giants. What's on your mind? Let me know. Again, with the Supers, you can click the dollar sign below the chat box. And while you do that, I do want to remind you about our title sponsor here on the wrap-up show. Our friend, of course, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. It's on your screen right now. There is not a better insurance agent than Mark Nimitz. Uh, He's terrific. You can take that directly from me. I've got a homeowner's earthquake and life insurance policy with Mark. I've had two of those policies for like two plus years. I picked up life insurance through Mark earlier this year, maybe all the way back in January. could have been December of 2022, but he's a great insurance agent. I always say that he's got great service and communication. He can save you hundreds of dollars just by switching your insurance before you renew. contact Mark. He could save you $750 or more. Mark's a San Diegan and a lifelong Padres fan and a huge supporter of this channel. And he does business right here with our community. So here's his website. Click the link in the description down below. You'll get to the site. Any quotes you get online is free. Any quote you get online is free. Any quote you get from him calling him is going to be free. Call him. He'll talk to you about the Padres' struggles. He'll talk to you about saving money on your insurance. But again, if you have an insurance need, whatever it is, auto, home, business, life, renters, condo, earthquake, call Mark. He's going to save you money. Before you're a new, get in contact with Mark. He'll save you money. If you're looking for information on a new policy, again, get in contact with Mark Nimitz, the tunnel sponsor of the wrap-up show, by clicking the link in the description down below. All right, thank you, Mark. And thank you guys for hanging out. Hold on one second. My light is super bright tonight and it's like making me go crazy. So just kind of turn that thing down. It's Friday. Just turn that down a little bit so I can actually see and look into the camera a bit with that light um, behind me. You know, we had said yesterday, um, when you, you start looking at the bigger picture stuff, again, I had Kevin AC on today. Uh, he agreed with what, you know, we've repeatedly said, which is, yeah, of course, you know, AJ Preller, you know, if you wanted to critique AJ Preller, it would be the easiest thing in the world to do in 2023. But he agreed with the sentiment of Peter Seidler likely hasn't changed his determination on how he feels about Preller and the front office from when he last spoke with him two months ago when he said AJ is excellence. Like Kevin AC, who covers this team and travels with them for the UT, he's our Padres insider on the radio, said it would be surprising 
if Peter had, in fact, changed his mind. Um, we talked about the fact that Bob Melvin has not gotten through to this team. Why? Nobody really knows. It's one of a series of issues. Bob Melvin's inability to get through to this team, maybe the coaching staff's general ineffectiveness, but it's not the issue. It's one of the issues. And there have been so many, so many issues with this team um, throughout the course of the year that you can't just say, and I agree with this, this is where it becomes like cultural. You can't just be like, it's Bob Melvin's bullpen usage. It's Xander Bogart's inability to hit with men in scoring position. It's Manny Machado's elbow and season. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. off suspension. Like all of these things are legitimate. It's the Padres bullpen. It's Darvish and Musgrove missing time here late in the second half. Again, I think that's a ridiculous excuse. You can't possibly say Darvish and Musgrove's health is the reason why the Padres are where they are right now, which is 10 games um, under 500. So, you know, there's a series of things that have put this team in this situation, and there's probably a series of things they need to do to get out of this spot. Now, something Kevin said today that I found to be really fascinating, and I think we followed up on it briefly, or he expanded on it. You can find the interview at sportssd.com, um, iHeartRadio app. Just search for John and Jim. He mentioned this idea that there have been conversations or dialogue within the organization about whether or not to move Juan Soto. He didn't say they would move him. He didn't say they would not move him. But he said there have been conversations and there has been dialogue. And maybe there has been disagreement within the front office on whether or not they should pursue a trade of Juan Soto in the offseason. That obviously perked up my ears because that has a real ripple effect and beyond a ripple for 2024. Soto here, you have the big four returning. You're running it back in some regard. You're hoping he puts up career numbers. He's heading into a free agent walk year. Those can be the years when players perform extremely well. And you just kind of see if he can have a better year than he just had in 2023. Okay, that's a possibility. And of course, if things don't work out, you can always move him at the deadline as well. You won't get as much as if you were to move him right now in the offseason, once the 2023 season ends. If you move Soto this offseason, what does the return look like? Again, you gave up five top prospects, um, a couple of very high-level players, some that were major league ready, ready immediately, C.J. Abrams, who's turning it on a little bit, Mackenzie Gore as well. You're not getting that back a year and a half later based on the way he's played and based on the fact that he's getting closer to free agency, but you are getting a significant return for Juan Soto. I don't know the extent of it, and I don't know what you're trying to get back. Are you getting a major league ready upside piece along with multiple minor leaguers? Are you getting two major league ready pieces with an additional minor leaguer? Right. So I don't know the full caveat that would be suitable for the Padres or what they're trying to accomplish if they do move Juan Soto. Are you trying to bolster pitching? That's reasonable to assume. But again, at the expense of Juan Soto, is that something that would be beneficial for 2024? And maybe the answer is yes, because maybe they are under the impression that they can't retain Juan Soto beyond 2024. So you would consider moving him. Or maybe they believe that there is an offer that they can place in front of him and his agent that would get him to stay here beyond 2024. So, there's that huge question mark of Juan Soto. I mean, I'm not starting the offseason thinking, hey, any day, you know, any day he could be moved. But 
with it being the Padres organization and AJ Preller, I don't think I'd be overly shocked if they considered moving Juan Soto in the offseason. I don't think I'd be overly shocked. It would be surprising if they moved him, but it was surprising that the Padres and Nationals had the exact same record on September 1st as well. So your feelings have to change on these things when you, you know, when, when you look down and you realize the situation that the Padres are in. Nobody expected this. Nobody thought you trade for Juan Soto and the next full season you'd be one of the most disappointing teams in baseball. If the opposite was happening right now and the Padres were one of the better teams in baseball, like 15 or 20 games over 500, then we nobody in their right mind would be talking about trading Juan Soto. And everyone would be discussing the possibilities of retaining him beyond 2024. But, you know, when the team's 10 games under and you've got this, you know, 24-year-old potential future Hall of Famer and you're not winning with him, then maybe you do consider alternatives, which would be potentially to move him at some point in the offseason between 2023 and 2024. I just found it interesting that Kevin said those conversations are being had within the Padres front office. Again, that doesn't mean that Juan Soto is going anywhere. Other than Soto, you got contracts that are almost impossible to move that also include no trade clauses. So, you know, I've said, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a real change in the Padres 26 man roster in 2024, but I'm also a realist. I don't think that all of a sudden both Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado are going to be gone because it doesn't make any sense. They both have no trade clauses. They both make a fortune of money. They both theoretically are big parts of the future for the Padres as well. So I don't think just because, you know, you have a year where you win 72 games or whatever they're going to win this year means that all of a sudden everything changes and you are getting rid of all of these long-term deals. A, that's something that's basically imp- impossibility. And B, there was a reason why you gave these guys these deals and they need to perform up to them, especially in 2024 before they're, you know, this is going to be a, a group of 38-year-olds in 2024. Machado, you know, will be 31 into 32. Bogarts, the exact same thing. Tatis and Soto are going to be right in the midst of their primes, if not in front of it, at 25 years of age. You still have a, a Joe Musgrove in his prime. Cronoworth isn't exactly old, right? Hassan Kim right in the midst of his prime. So there's a lot to play for in 2024, even with the disappointment of 2023. And that's kind of my point. And well, hold on. Before you consider moving Juan Soto, do you have a chance to win in 2024 or not? And on one shoulder, you're like, well, this team's been a complete and utter failure. And then the other shoulder, you're like, well, they do have you know, as much stardom and star power as maybe any team in baseball, and maybe they have underperformed. Why? I don't know. Maybe they are capable of playing better in 2024. Maybe a clean slate does put this team in better position. But again, nobody really fully knows the answer, and that's what makes this thing really incredibly perplexing, to be honest. Um, Okay, guys, if you are here, subscribe. As I always say, year-round content for uh, for Padres fans. I haven't even mentioned Jerickson Profar, and I will. Um, Appreciate the super chats. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. We'll get to every single super here tonight. If you're here, you have to subscribe. Smash the like button. Follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer. Jim Russell isn't here, so you don't have to follow him on Twitter. Also, click the link in the description down below if you want to subscribe to the brand new John and Jim YouTube channel. We have daily content on the Padres, three hours a day. John and Jim talking San Diego sports. Click the link in that description um, down below to get to John and Jim's YouTube channel. So Jerkson Profar, 
um, interesting. When I heard it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's curious. What's the reasoning? Season's basically over. Why are you signing Jerkson Profar to a minor league deal? But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. And here is why. I think Jerkson Profar, because of his positional versatility, gives the Padres a chance, A, to rest players in individual games in the final couple of weeks of the season, right? Give Soto a blow, give Xander Bogarts a day, right? Give Tatis a day, give Machado a day off his feet. So it gives you that because he plays multiple positions, infield and outfield. And maybe it gives you, again, the opportunity to potentially put someone on the IL for the final week, two weeks, three weeks of the regular season, and then just put Jerks and Profar on your active roster. And yeah, you're you're losing Al from Profar, you know, from the big four to Profar, but he's capable of playing and playing every single day and playing multiple positions. So, you know, I, I understand, um, you know, I understand the move because I think it probably makes sense. I think it gives them a little bit of protection in September depending on what happens here. Again, if they continue to play the way they've continued to play, you're going to see jerks and Profar. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In the final couple of weeks of the season, if they happen to do an about face, if they happen to play good baseball, well, then nobody's being shut down and nobody's going on the IL. Um, but now that we're in September and now that there's 26 games left, I think what would be as shocking as anything that we've seen this year, anything, and potentially as shocking as like Peter Seidler you know, getting rid of A.J. Preller, what would be equally shocking, if not more shocking, is if the Padres all of a sudden turned it on. I mean, who wouldn't be surprised by that, right? You guys would all be shocked if the Padres over the next 10 days, and I don't know how many games that is, let's say nine, if they went eight and one over the next 10 games, you'd be surprised, right? Based on the fact that they haven't done it all year and it's now September, I think a lot of people would be surprised. Um, Okay. Let me get back to uh, these Supers. Richard, thank you, man, for hanging out. Uh, good to have a Super from you, even though you're a Dodger fan, as you always say, Dodger fan here. Uh, he says you have no choice. Steal Soto. AJ, was, AJ has painted San Diego into a corner. Use Soto to improve your bench and make sure they are Major League Baseball ready. Padres have no financial flexibility. Richard, thank you. I mean, I think they have a choice. I think they're absolutely handcuffed a little bit in spending moving, moving forward because of how much is tied up with these six, seven, eight nine core players. So there's not a lot of flexibility, but I'm not moving Juan Soto to improve my bench. I'm moving Juan Soto to improve my team, potentially in 2024 and beyond. My only consideration to move Juan Soto is if I can make my team better. I'm not getting a better team by improving my bench. I need multiple upside major league players along with a minor league player, right? With a high ceiling, Or I need an extremely high-ceiling major league player and multiple players that project to be big leaguers, right? Everyday big leaguers in the minor leagues. So, yeah, you gave a five. You're not getting five back. You're probably not getting that exact caliber of player um, if you do move Juan Soto. But you got to be able to get three players, three sizable pieces in a package 
for Juan Soto. And if you can't do that, then you don't move him. And even if you can do that, I don't know if you move him. But, Richard, I don't think Juan Soto moves under the premise of improving the bench. I think Juan Soto moves under the premise of adding an impact piece in a lineup or in a rotation um, and or potentially in double or triple A that might be within, you know, a year or less of contributing at the major league um, level. And, th- and that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it with, um, with Juan Soto. So maybe you agree, maybe, maybe you disagree. You can let us know here in the chat while you do that. And thank you again, Richard, really do appreciate it. While you do that, I do want to remind our viewers about our partner here on the wrap up show. That'd be our friends at aura. That is ORA.organic. You can see their website on the screen right now. Again, Aura, ORA.organic. If you're looking for plant-based nutritional products, all of their products are plant-based. This is a great company. Their co-founder, Will, is a huge Padres fan. He's a native San Diegan. This company has offices right here in Liberty Station. And if you are looking to get healthier, this is the, this is the company to consider. You look nowhere else. Aura. ORA.organic, plant-based nutritional products, including probiotics. I've been taking one every single day for about a year and a half for digestion, heart health, and more. They have pre-workout supplements. They have proteins for after-workouts. Omega-3 oils if you're taking a fish oil. They have those omega-3 oils for you. Um, And so much more. Sleep pills, immunity pills, and more. Go to ORA.organic or click the link in the description down below. You can shop as you watch or listen to the wrap-up show. But again, if you're looking to get healthier, yourself, your family, your friends, whatever it is, if you're looking to get healthier or support this channel and support a business that does business right here in Southern California and San Diego County, make sure to visit ORA.organic or click the link in the description down below. You know, I asked Kevin as well today, you know, what are the Padres playing for from here on out? What do they have to play for? And I think he understand where I was going with it, obviously. And, you know, he made a pretty similar point to the one that we've all made here, I think, over the last 10 days when we've essentially learned that this isn't happening. At some point, we've all come to the recollection or the realization, excuse me, that the Padres are not a playoff team. Maybe for some of you, it was yesterday. Maybe for others, it was at the trade deadline. Maybe for others, it was at May or June, in May or June when they were struggling. Um, and maybe for some, it's been more recently with the team going, you know, one and six over their last seven games coming in to tonight. Um, but I forgot, I lost my train of thought there on Kevin. Hmm. I completely lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. I said, what do they have to play for? What do they have to play for? And he's like, you know, the truth is not much, which makes it even more unlikely that you'll see Joe Musgrove or you Darvish. And it makes it more likely that the organization will be very cautious with players that they want to protect for 2024. So that's the point. That's where they're coming at this from. That's where they're coming at this from. Does that make it impossible, impossible to win here over the next week? No. Does it make it harder to win? Yes. Cause you Darvish isn't saving you. Joe Musgrove isn't saving you. You got players that can save you. You have Blake Snell. Padres will be a favorite tomorrow at home. That'll be the third consecutive game against the Giants at home where the Padres are favored. They're minus 130, minus 135 today, minus 130 yesterday. Tomorrow, I'd say a heavier favorite because of Blake Snell. I don't know what the number is going to be, but, you know, 150, 160, maybe heavier than that. So another chance as a favorite to win at home. And um, 
I think you'd prefer to the alternative. Again, I've made – I get it. You're saying, John, you're saying both things. Do you want them to win? Do you want them to lose? It doesn't matter if they win because they're not going to the postseason. It could matter if they lose because it could be beneficial to what they're trying to accomplish in 2024, whether it's with draft capital or with a potential reshuff, reshuffling of the front office. Now, that's more from a fan perspective. You may want to see them lose from a fan perspective in September because you feel like it forces the hand of Peter Seidler. And if the Padres have another month in September like they had in August, that puts pressure on the organization to make real substantive change. But is that – I mean, what are we talking about? Are we talking about they go 6-20 and 20 from here on out and A.J. Preller's out and Peter Seidler hires whom? So I, I understand. Everyone wants to get – everyone likes the backup quarterback. Everyone wants to get rid of A.J. Preller. I understand it. I completely get Jim's point. Um, everyone wants to get rid of Bob Melvin. I understand it. I'm just saying you can make those moves and everyone can cheer and clap and, you know – give someone they know a high five, but it doesn't automatically rectify the issues within the organization. That's my general point. Preller could leave tomorrow. Padres could miss the postseason in 2024. Melvin could leave tomorrow. Padres could miss the postseason in 2024. I understand the opposite is possible as well. They could stay and they could win. All, all these possibilities are possibilities, but you know, again, for those that are saying this is unacceptable this is the moment in time where change is necessary. I support this team. I watch them. I attend games. I spend money on this team. I have to hear from Peter Sather. I have to hear from AJ Preller. I have to have Peter Sather make a decisive, you know, determination on his, on the front office. I understand that. I get being vested. I understand the disappointment. I really do. I just don't know if that's what we're going to get. And even if we did get it, I don't know what it's going to mean for 2024. You've heard me say this a lot. It's not going to be the best general manager job in baseball that's available this offseason. Why? Because they have $180 million of payroll committed to already for 2024 and millions more beyond in 2025. Is it the best managerial job that's going to come open? Probably not. Why? Well, they've failed to consistently win now under three consecutive managers and they've had collapses in 2019, 2021 and 2023. And they've gone through managers. Like I go through hats and right now it's every other year there's new managers. So does that mean you're going to pull from a desirable candidate pool when you are going through managers, you know, at a really rapid clip and for whatever reason you have not been able to win consistently. And the expectations by the way, in San Diego are through the roof, which I think is terrific but it doesn't make it easier for the next general manager or for the next manager of the San Diego Padres. So I'm just, I'm just saying what we're all feeling is that they got a ton of decisions to make. They have a ton of decisions to make, and I don't know what they're going to do. I have a feel in which direction they're leaning, which is stability with the GM. But beyond that, I don't have a good feel for Bob Melvin's future. You could easily argue that it's in jeopardy. Juan Soto's future you could make an argument either way on whether he'll be back in 2024 or not. Um, you know, Blake Snell's future, hard to envision it, but is it officially off the table? Josh, Josh Hader's future, hard to envision it, but is it officially, you know, off the table? So all these things, this damn light in my eye. Hold on one more time. I need like the eye drops. I had LASIK like, when was that? 
when I was, how old was I? I was probably like, I wasn't, yeah, I was probably like 35. I'm not sure how old I was when I had LASIK. I think it was 34, 35. And you had to put drops in your eye like every hour for the first month and then every two hours the second month. Um, but I, I swear by LASIK. But now here we are like 10 years later. I'm like, man, my eyes are dry. Maybe it's just tonight. Maybe it's just light. I don't know. All right. No, I don't. Not at all. Never. It's been really, really good. Um, I'm a big proponent. I don't think you do it. Like I'm in my forties now. I don't think you do it in your forties because then you still need like reading glasses. But I think if you're in your thirties, um, and you get, you know, 10 plus years of 2020 vision, um, yeah, I was a huge proponent. I, I have never, and it looks like Django Surfo says he regrets it. I have never had one issue, knock on wood, in 10 plus years. I mean, getting dry eyes every like three years for like a day is like the only issue um, that I've ever had, interestingly enough. Um, but yeah, maybe I have dry eye syndrome, as uh, Manthony18 just said. Um, okay, while we have a moment here, guys. I do want to remind you about our fantasy partner here on the wrap-up show. That's our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. This is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Underdogfantasy.com. You can play right now. They have drafts going on right now for week one in the NFL, which is less than a week away. You can join these contests. You can be part of a contest and a draft with $15 million in prizes. If you go to underdogfantasy.com and enter promo code Pods wrap, P A D S W R E P. You will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. You don't have to deposit $100. You can deposit anything from $10 or more. You will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. So they have weekly NFL drafts going on right now at $3 per draft. They have daily Major League Baseball drafts going on for tomorrow's games starting at just $3 per draft. They also have pickums going on right now. And how about this? They have essentially a free pick'em offer going on right now. If Patrick Mahomes throws for one or more yards on Thursday, you pick higher. All you have to do is get one other higher or lower pick'em correct, and you win. Simple as that. And by the way, this is across all sports. College football week one starts tomorrow. You should be playing pick'ems right now at underdogfantasy.com. Best and easiest place to play. Go there right now. Underdogfancy.com. Use promo code PODSWRAP. You'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. So I'm going to pair. I'm going to pair that Patrick Mahomes over a half yard passing. I could see that, right? Can't you guys see him throwing for over a half yard? I will pair that with, I love me some college football. Um, let's see. What am I going to pair that with? Is JT Daniels at Rice now? Is he going to throw for 147 and a half yards at Texas tomorrow? Um, I'm looking for something, looking for something that sticks out to me in college football tomorrow. I'll take higher than 297 passing yards for Caleb Williams against Nevada. Uh, Nevada. So 20 pays 60. Simple as that. And all you have to do is go one for one because they're giving you a pick with Patrick Mahomes. Take higher on a half-yard passing for Patrick Mahomes. Do it right now. Underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code PODSWRAP. That is P-A-D-S-W. Oh, you couldn't even see that on the screen. My bad. <laughs> um, but again, you can see it right now on the screen. They're giving you uh, – here, let me show you. 
They're giving you Patrick Mahomes right now. Featured, Mahomes just has to get one passing yard. So they're giving you that. You need just one more to win. You can do it right now at underdogfantasy.com. Um, all right, guys. Thank you for hanging out. Again, John Schaefer with you. Jim's in Philly. Padres over the Giants tonight, 7-3. Fernando Tatis Jr., nice to see. His 21st home run, Juan Soto, nice to see. His 26th home run, Tatis also later had a double. Michael Waka, six innings, threw 108 pitches. Bullpen did enough. Nick Martinez, really good. Scott Barlow, not really good. But the Padres hold on. Tying run comes to the play. Padres get a double play and win it 7-2-3. Let me get back to uh, Richard. Thank you, Richard. He says, uh, you need Chris Taylor, Kiki Hernandez-type players. Uh, you already have a solid core. Need the right type of players that fit in well with the roster. I left out Dodger fan here to start my chat. They need more than that, Richard. They need more than that. This team is not a player away. They just, they just aren't. If you've been watching, like we all have, if you've been watching for most of 2023, the Padres are not a player away from the postseason. Now, would you know, would this assist them, Kike Hernandez or Chris Taylor, or that type of super utility or versatile piece? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it just feels as if they're not really a piece away. It feels like they need their pieces to play better, and they also need to add pieces in a variety of areas to put themselves in a much better position. And listen, that's not my job. It's not your job. That's the organization's job to figure this thing out. It's about building a 26-man roster, not about building you know, a super team. It's about building a real roster that's capable of winning over 162, not beating someone in a three-game series. And it's about having more than just six or eight really dependable, valuable pieces, although a lot of those players have had down years. It's about having quality depth, which is something that they have lacked. That speaks to Richard's point. But I don't think one piece – is going to separate the Padres from the, the season that they've had. Um, this is going to take a series of moves by whomever's running the front office this offseason to put the Padres in a position where they can do a 180 on this season. And it's not easy to go from 70 wins to 90 wins or 73 to 93. You understand it's not impossible, but it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. It's just not. So we'll see if they can do it. We'll see if they can do it or not. <laughs> I'm just looking at the chat here while I have a moment. Um, all right, let's see here, guys. Let's see here, guys. What else? Is there something we're missing here tonight? It's the Padres. Again, I mean, I could argue this thing either way. If they would have lost tonight, I would. I could have sold you on it's not the end of the world. They're putting themselves in a position where they're forcing the owner's hand and change is coming, movement's going to occur. I could have told you about the draft. I could have told you that you know they have nothing to play for. I think by winning, I could sell the same thing. As in, it's like kissing your sister. Winning in September when you're 11 games under 500, it's like there's no real winning Losing, there's no real losing if you're losing games. Again, unless you're doing something so spectacularly one way or the other, it's like it doesn't even matter right now. Win eight straight, great. We can have a conversation for a moment about where you are. Lose eight straight, oh my gosh, what's the organization going to do? What should they do with their star players? Should they keep playing them? How can this collapse occur again and again and again every other year? But 
there's nothing to really react to in the here and now other than big picture. One win, who cares? One loss, who cares? Ten wins, we care. Ten losses, what the hell is going on, right? So that's kind of the way I look at it right now. And it's just, I mean, it, you know, I mean, we, we do this every single night. And this is, these are some, there'll be some interesting conversations in, in September. These are some real tough conversations the organization should be having with itself. And that's independent of, you know, winning a random game at Dodger Stadium or taking two out of three in Oakland. That, that's not near enough to justify anything. In fact, I would argue no matter what happens in September, assuming the Padres don't make the postseason, and it would take something like a 24-2 and two finish, maybe better. Um, it, you know, barring something unforeseen, I don't care what happens. I don't go, care if they go 2-24 and 24 or 23-3 and three, if they're out. If they're out, they're out. And they need to have a plan in place for justifying missing the postseason this year with a $253 million payroll and drawing 3.2 million fans. They, they need to have an action plan for us because you got to explain yourself. It's like sometimes you just need to explain yourself. Like, let me explain. All right, I'm listening. How will they explain this? I'm sorry. I'm responsible. One in a hundred year collapse. We had injuries. Bad luck. Own 11 in extra innings. It's a noise. My window's open. I don't know what that noise is. So you, you get my point. You get my point. I think this is going to be hard. Um, I've talked about this. I don't even know if it's 100. I think it's accurate. Can someone confirm that bottom six record is in the lottery and it doesn't matter if you're over the CBT, you still stay in? I saw. I swear that was on social media being discussed within the last three days. I asked Kevin about it today. He's like, I'm not exactly sure. He's like, that's more of a Jeff Sanders question at the UT than me. It's not going to be easy. Um, you know, be, with each passing win, you're moving away from potentially being one of the worst six teams in baseball. I mean, this is ridiculous to think that coming into the season, the Padres could have one of the worst six records in uh, in baseball. But again, with each win, it's making it harder and harder. I mean, they're, they're going to have to really play poorly. They're, they're going to have to go something like, and I'm kind of speculating or making it up, but they're going to have to go something like 6-20. and 20. Do, you, do we want to stomach that and watch that? Not particularly. It's one of those like lose a battle, win a war potentially. And it's like they'll probably do just enough to to miss out. They'll go like, eight and 18 and they'll finish a game better than the sixth worst team in baseball watching um, Hawaii Stanford week one Friday night football from uh, Honolulu right now, Stanford leading Hawaii 24, 10 in the third quarter. I'm sure someone watching right now, live or on replay has uh, been watching or is watching this game right now would be my guess. Um, so yeah, again, I like, I don't know what to say. I mean, you're going to lose to get a draft pick. You're going to win to, put yourself in a position where you'd be like, we want 76 games, not 71. I mean, nothing sounds great, right? Nothing right now, unfortunately, sounds good. Um, J.D. Gaucho, watching as well, CBS Sports Network, uh, has not been that good of a game, to be honest. Stanford's been relatively in control for most of the game. Um, all right, guys. I think that's going to do it for tonight. Long week. It has been a long week. 
I will be back Sunday night in the midst of Labor Day weekend. I'd appreciate it if you join me Sunday night at 9.30. Jim's going to be back in the middle of the week. I think he'll be back with us Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday or Wednesday. He'll be back. But a couple of more shows, just me and you guys hanging out um, over the next couple of days. We'll recap this giant series Sunday night, and then we will look ahead. And I'm going to get to any supers that roll in here. I see you, Murray. So if you have a last-moment super you want to get in, click the dollar sign below the chat box. Of course, I'm going to get to it. Um, but Sunday night, join us on the wrap-up show. Um, we'll wrap this thing up, and we'll see what comes of the weekend. You feel good about Blake Snell? We've said that before. It doesn't always work out. Um, you know, can they get each of the next two? Maybe it's wishful. Can they get one of the next two? Again, does it really matter overly at this point? Not overly, um, but again, we'll see. I really have nothing to say about it, to be honest. Uh, Murray, thank you again. He says, according to baseball reference, the Padres have blown 33 leads that led to losses. If you split those games, they're 80 and 56, a very telling stat. I'd, I'd need to see Murray where that ranks in baseball. Obviously, it's very high. I'm sure there's not many teams with more blown leads than that. If Have they blown 33 leads in 33 games? You see what I'm asking? Or have they blown 33 leads and they've blown multiple leads in some games? But if it's 33 games that they've blown leads in, which is I think what you're referencing or inferring because you said that led to losses, but did it lead to 33 losses? Or did they lead to losses that they had 33 leads, but they had a two-run lead in the fifth and then a two-run lead in the eighth? You get my point? Um, Here's the thing. Teams lose leads. So I, I bet every team in baseball has blown a lead that's led to a loss, but you don't. You then don't give them half of those blown leads as wins, if that makes sense, right? If the LA Dodgers have blown 13 leads that have led to losses, well, why wouldn't we just say for them then, well, if they went six and seven in those games, they'd have six more wins. You know what I mean? I mean, this is in the DNA of the team. It's not like they just had bad luck and blew leads. They blew leads and nobody's looking back like, man, they were so unlucky by blowing leads. Yeah, of course there's a game or two. I can think of a game or two. There's a game in Colorado that was an absolute debacle um, that was completely wrapped up. But, I mean, okay, yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five examples of like, oh, my gosh, how could you not hold that lead? There are not 33 examples of like, oh, my gosh, they deserve to win. And there's not 16 or 17 examples, I don't think, Murray. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's 16, 17, 18 examples where you're like, Oh, man, they deserve to win. The bullpen blowing the leads is a fact of the matter of this team that the bullpen, by and large, you know, I think it was overexposed at times. You didn't have Suarez. You didn't always use Hater effectively. There were periods of times where, you know, Nick Martinez was effective and then wasn't effective. Same thing with like a maybe a Stephen Wilson or a Tim Hill. And the rest of the cast of characters. This has not been a great bullpen. It's been a very good ninth inning with Josh Hader, but it has not been a great bullpen. Um, and then there's, of course, this Rich, great point. And Rich has studied that. Rich, by the way, thank you. Rich McGuire, shout out. Great loyal viewer, watcher, Padres fan. Gave me this uh, cap from yesterday, the giveaway. I Petco saw him down at Blind Borough earlier today. So thank you, Rich. I'll, I'll finish the show with it, actually. There we go. Maybe this will be the luck we need. Maybe this giveaway cap is going to lead to a 24-2 finish 
for the Padres. But thank you, Rich. Really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, the problem, that's a great point. It's like every lead they blew, they never got back even in, right? They, they never tied the score and they didn't win. Like most teams, if they would have blown that many leads, there would have been a series of games, even if it was just five or six, they would have come back to tie, take a lead or win. And yeah, you might say, well, okay, that's five or six games. Is that really that big of a deal? Yeah, kind of. I mean, the Padres are seven and a half games out of a playoff spot. You don't even need 16 or 17 more wins. If there are five examples of like, oh my gosh, this team had no fight when they had a late lead and then they gave it up and they couldn't overcome a one-run deficit. I mean, we've had that conversation like two dozen times. If they could have won three, four, five of those games, they'd be two, three, four games out of a playoff spot right now so the issue is the issue the problem is the problem the issue is the 2023 Padres and the problem is there's a series of issues that have put them in this spot in my opinion in my opinion um and thank you Rich for chiming in thank you for hanging out I know Rich was down there tonight for this uh, Padres win all right we'll be back Sunday night 9 30 please do join us if you are here live or on replay please subscribe please smash the like button Follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. Thank you for your support with the super thanks for those that are watching on replay. Really do appreciate that. Please do support our partners, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance, the title sponsor of the wrap-up show. If you have insurance needs, call Mark. He's a native San Diegan and a lifelong Padres fan. Click the link in the description down below. Aura, O-R-A dot organic. If you're looking to get healthier, the best place to start is with Aura, plant-based nutritional products, all here in San Diego, their co-founder Wills is San Diego, and they have offices in Liberty Station. And again, Underdog Fantasy, week one of college football starts tomorrow. Get that 100% promo match right now by using promo code PADSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. You get a 100% deposit match up to $100. You don't have to deposit $100. You can deposit $10 or more. Get a 100% deposit match up to $100. They're giving you that free pick as well if Patrick Mahomes throws for more than a half yard. On Thursday, I think he's going to do that. You're halfway home to a winner in underdog fantasy. Um, okay, guys, appreciate it. Really do. We'll be back with you on Sunday night. And until then, Padres over the Giants, and you've been watching the wrap-up show. Thanks, guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.